You're listening to Dose of Depth Podcast. I'm your host, Deborah Lukovich, and I invite you to be curious about your unique experience of being human. In this podcast, we'll explore the deeper meaning of ordinary life experiences through conversation, stories, and education. You might have a serious aha moment, or you might just be amused by the movie your life seems to be imitating, or you might just be entertained by one of my awkward stories. I'm hoping you'll become more aware of those moments when a deeper part of you is prompting you to see things differently and maybe even go a new direction. So let's get started. In this episode, I continue reading from my book, Your Soul is Talking. Are you listening? Five Steps to Uncovering Your Hidden Purpose. You made it! Chapters 1 through 15 explored all the different ways your unconscious tries to get your attention. Chapter 16 taught you the associations method to explore your images. It's the foundation for all the other methods. In Chapter 17, we're going to learn about a technique C.G. Jung named active imagination. Simply, it is using your imagination to engage with the images you are exploring. If you're open and can relax into a deeper level of consciousness, active imagination can prompt powerful insights and guidance as to what your image has to do with a certain area of your life. If you're creative, you might catch on quickly and get the connection between exploring your unconscious and creativity. So let's get started. Chapter 17, Active Imagination. This chapter is about technique and attitude. The technique is called active imagination, a term Jung used to describe a way of interacting with your images. Attitude refers to the regard you have towards your images. To get the most out of active imagination, you must engage with your images as if they're real and show them respect as you would a guest in your home. Why? Relating to your images will inspire them to reveal their meaning. You want their cooperation. Saying hello is how you might start. Why are you here is a question I often ask my images. What do you want from me is another question. Sharing my insights. Fantasies that are sexual in nature are full of symbolic meaning, but may be dismissed because of initial feelings of embarrassment or shame. I used to think we created fantasies until I became plagued by a fantasy of being sexually submissive. It came out of nowhere and it would return at the strangest times. The fantasy of being naked and kneeling in front of a naked man standing with an erect penis made me cringe at first, and then it aroused me. The man was someone I was dating in my first post-divorce relationship. At first I thought it was about sex because I felt desire for this man that I had not felt before, but it would show up at the oddest times. I decided to draw it, and this is an appendix two at the end of the book. It turned out not to be about sex. Over time, I came to understand the submission fantasy and other religious symbols as invitations to submit to a part of me for which I felt insecurity and shame. Reconciling my sexuality and spirituality, which until then had been at war inside me, brought great physical relief and emotional healing. Surrendering to these experiences also led to eruptions of creativity. If I had dismissed the awkward fantasy, the eventual recognition of my desire to create may not have blossomed. In her book, Picturing God, Jungian analyst and Christian theologian Anne Ulanoff states that our personal images of God, 
whether beautiful, ugly, embarrassing, sexual, or violent, are important and act as a potential doorway to a relationship with God or the transcendent. How refreshing. Honoring your own subjective experience of how God is working through you instead of dismissing or worse, repressing images that, if explored, could bring you into deeper relationship with yourself, others, and God. Try this, the playground of your mind. Ready to try? Choose an image and engage with it as if it was a real person. Unlike the first approach where you related the image to something in the past to identify where to focus in the present, allow your imagination to lead you somewhere into the future. If you have a free-flowing imagination, this might be easy for you. Find somewhere comfortable to sit or lay and close your eyes. If you choose a dream image, put yourself back in the dream anywhere you want and take a moment to notice the surroundings, the people in the dream, and what's happening. You might choose to be an observer and watch how the dream unfolds, or you might say hello to the person with whom you want to engage. Allow your imagination to lead the way and see what happens. If you choose a fantasy image, allow it to play out, noticing emotions that arise and how your body is responding. You could also choose to re-experience a conflict, this time allowing your imagination to have it play out differently. If you choose an image like a memory of being swept up by a sunset or being attracted to someone, step back into it and allow your imagination to take you somewhere. Imagination is how your soul is pulling you towards your hidden purpose. Then journal about your experience and try to answer the questions from the previous chapter about associations and where this is happening in your life. I had difficulty with this technique for a long time. It didn't work the way it was supposed to for me, but I was able to find some variations, which I share below. Sharing my insights. One night I dreamed I was in the dining room of a small home. It was dark and the windows were covered with heavy curtains. At the head of the antique dark wood dining table sat my mother-in-law. Journaling about the dream didn't get me far, but when I imagined going back into the dream, it was the feeling that prompted meaning. In my imagination, I walked towards my mother-in-law, sat down at the table and asked, why are you here? I was annoyed that she was there. I felt angry. I don't remember what she said. I don't think she said anything. The feeling of being trapped was unbearable. Journaling helped me associate her with the forms of convention I had sought to avoid. I was angry at a part of myself, the part that allowed me to get trapped in convention. The active imagination exercise impressed upon me that I would need to escape the part of myself that had brought me what I had never wanted. Try this, engaging through drawing. Sometimes my mind won't be still long enough for images to emerge, or my ego wants to start analyzing and interpreting things right away. In those instances, I use my hands to channel my imagination onto the page by writing, typing, or drawing. Drawing is a great way to sidestep your rational mind. It feels like a direct route to what wants to be known and an effective way to resist the temptation to assign meaning based on what you already know. If you can type fast, there's no time for the ego to interfere in what wants to come out onto the page. For this variation, you might choose an image that has more to do with an emotional experience, something that is challenging to describe in words, like intense feelings that linger after a dream. Once you get over the initial nervousness about your artistic ability, you will experience powerful moments of revelation as you surrender to how your soul is seeking to express itself. 
Do not judge or interpret your drawing. You might start out drawing something literal, and that is fine. The magic happens when you free your mind from needing to know and instead allow your hands to be directed by a force that includes a mixture of you and something that's bigger than you. Don't journal about your drawing right away. Instead, linger in the experience of drawing and allow your body to process it for a couple days. If that lingering feeling from the dream was positive, try to re-experience it as many times as possible to allow your body to adopt it and make it a permanent part of you. When you go back to your journal, answer the questions related to associations like, where is this happening in your life and what the image may be calling you to do in your conscious life. Sharing my insights. One dream I had early on in my first post-divorce relationship brought feelings I had never experienced before. In the dream, I was in a restroom at a state park. It was cold, dark, and empty. I had finished going to the bathroom and walked out of the steel stall. It was completely dark and I could not see my way out of the bathroom. I walked slowly, my hands out in front of me, dragging my feet across the cement floor until I felt the door. Suddenly, I was standing in the doorway with my back facing outside, and I fell backwards and tumbled down the hill. No matter how wide I opened my eyes, I could see only blackness. I noticed that I felt trusting, and my fall was slow and soft. After a few backward somersaults, I slowed down and then continued falling. This time, I noticed the soft, warm breeze and swirling, freshly fallen leaves that enveloped me on the way down the hill. I felt safe and more secure than I had ever felt in my life. And the feeling stayed with me after I woke up. I tried to make it last. When I drew the image, which is in an appendix at the back of the book, I started with an open door at the top. The rest of the page was filled out with colorful leaves and squiggly lines to symbolize the breeze that cradled the image I drew of me falling down the hill, dressed in a fuchsia colored dress. Then I felt compelled to add a pair of hands at the bottom of the page. The meaning of this image revealed itself over time. The feeling of safety and the image of protective hands offered assurance that I could handle the transformative nature of my first post-divorce relationship. It is not necessary to find the complete meaning of an image for it to be working behind the scenes of your life. Simply recognizing that your images have purpose indicates your openness to being guided. This section was about how drawing sometimes is a better way to engage images, especially those which are difficult to capture in words. Try this. Create a screenplay. This variation focuses on dialogue. You can think of it as acting out parts in a play, only you are acting or writing the play as you go. Relating to an image requires conversation and mutual effort to get to know each other. You're already doing this talking to yourself. Maybe without realizing it, you've been using another part of yourself as a sounding board. Find some stillness, breathe in and out, close your eyes, and engage in conversation with one of your images. Be sure to make it feel welcome. Then simply ask it questions and listen for responses. Don't judge your inner personalities. Do you feel opposing forces inside you? Anxiety can be an opposing force, and so can that inner voice that judges your imperfection. Do you sense two different voices or personalities within? We all have voices, personalities, feelings, and desires that are competing for our attention. For this variation, you might want to choose one or both images involved in an inner battle. Does your inner high school dropout self want to bring relief to your perfectionist self? Does your inner prostitute want to give you the experience of ecstasy that you've denied yourself? 
What inner version of you lurks beneath the surface wanting to compensate for the parts of your life that are too rigid? Engage in a dialogue with a part of you that is seeking expression. Ask him or her questions and listen to the answers. You could do this in the playground of your mind or write it down as dialogue in a screenplay. Allow the experience to move you. You will have thoughts and feelings that you haven't allowed yourself to have before, and they might feel ethically or morally wrong. This experience is not to be taken literally, rather it is symbolic, a metaphor, and points towards a psychological shift meant to be helpful. At some point, journal about your experience. Explore questions related to associations. Where is this happening in your life? Is there something I should do differently in my life? Sharing my insight. As my marriage was ending, I began a new life as a student, secured a new full-time job, and did my best to provide stability for my children as we were coming to terms with my ex-husband's alcohol addiction. Two forces within were at odds. Two of my fellow graduate school students guided me in a conversation with these conflicting energies. One force I named my inner lawyer and the other my inner child. I had recently found her. Remember the heart drawing? She wanted to make up for lost time and play all the time. My inner lawyer was used to my more serious side, and he was freaking out over my sudden unleashed child self. I found that if I patiently listened to him make his case, he was fine with whatever decision I made. He was not a judge, after all. He returns from time to time, always there to remind me not to go overboard with my insatiable appetite for new experiences and my newfound freedom. In this chapter, you loosened up and became more comfortable relying on your imagination. How did it go? Did your image answer questions? Were you surprised by any of the answers? Were you able to find associations to circumstances in your conscious life? Practice having conversations with your images like you would a therapist or a friend. Think of it as talking to yourself and keep journaling. I hope you enjoyed my reading of Chapter 17 and you're excited to try out Active Imagination. You can find two mini-lessons on my YouTube channel. It's part of my Soul Talk 101 program. In one, I lead you through an Active Imagination exercise where you connect with your inner child, and the other one is having a dialogue with anxiety. Enjoy! You can get there via my website, deboralukovic.com. You can find more free content, follow me on Instagram, engage with my Twitter followers, and read some of my awkward short stories. Thanks for listening and sharing with others who need my framework for self-reflection. Until next time. I'm your host, Deborah Lukovich, and you are listening to Dose of Depth Podcast. To get updates on new episodes, my writing, and how I teach my clients to get to know that deeper part of themselves, go to DebraLukovich.com. Oh, and if you're not ready for a coach, learn what my clients know in my book, Your Soul is Talking. Are you listening? Five Steps to Uncovering Your Hidden Purpose. You can check it out on my website or get it on Amazon.